I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. We are staying with the question a little longer today and uh, really pleased to have joining us in studio Tim Schreiber, uh, who heads the uh, International Special Olympic Committee and uh, is part of a, a new book called The Call to Unite Voices of Hope and Awakening. Uh, if you want to recalibrate your day, uh, this is one of those, you know, I rarely do this, but this is a triple dog dare uh, read. Uh, this will change your, your perspective on everything, not politics, not all of the other stuff, but on who you are, your family, your neighborhood, your community, uh, the call to unite uh, voices from just across the spectrum and just powerful powerful insight and uh tim we appreciate you being here and Thank you. uh we know part of what you're doing here is to not just have a call to unite but actually do some uniting uh and to take some action which is always the other key to the program and we know you're going to be meeting with first lady abby cox and her show up utah initiative tell us about your connection there well i think the first lady's articulated such a powerful agenda for her role uh, and for the state and i think you know we're at a time now boyd where everybody's starting to stretch a little bit we're coming out we're we're starting to head back to our schools, to our offices, to our restaurants, to sporting events. And I think the question the First Lady's asking and inviting Utahns to answer is the question Daryl Green asks in the book. He sort of says in the book, I plead with you, do not exit this time in the same spiritual way you entered. Mm. Do not exit the same way you entered. So I think the First Lady is inviting us, inviting Utahns to ask the question about schools. What do we want for our children now that is different than what we had? And her answer is we need an expansion of the social and emotional support systems, the social and emotional learning. We need an expansion of attention to relationships, to purpose, to belonging in our children. They're starving for it. They can't survive without it. She's also saying – We need an expansion of our practices of inclusion. So she's endorsed the Special Olympics work in what we call unified champion schools, where we have kids come together at very early ages to play sports together, to try to change their school culture, to get rid of bullying. These are things that, uh, you know, in a normal time might be difficult to do new things. But now we've had a pause. And I think what the book is offering all of us, and I think what the First Lady is offering all of us, is a chance to gut check now. Wait a minute. Before I rush out the door, let me be deliberate on rushing out the door as a new person. You know, maybe a a little bit hardened by the pain of this pandemic, but also maybe a little bit lightened by the desire to live a little bit more gently, Mm. a little bit more kindly, a little bit more compassionately with my brothers and sisters, uh, whoever they may be. Yeah, so important. And and I I know as we move back into this into this phase of of engagement, uh, it is easy to look at rushing back to what was. uh, But this idea of we've been talking about it here in terms of it's not about a new normal or a rush back to what was, but it's a new now. Uh, and we get to decide what that right. is. And a lot of your work is centered on let's make those intentional choices. Let's make deliberate choices of what we want in this new now. 
Yeah, you know, uh, the the singer Jewel, uh, many people, certainly my age, but even today, she's still so popular and such a powerful spokesperson. She describes in the book a moment in her life where she was spiraling out of control. She was homeless. She was shoplifting. Uh, she was at risk, really, of losing her life. And something invited her. Some, some, there was a moment where she decided it was up to her. She could change the narrative. Uh, that she had the power within her to shift the way in which she was shaping the future of her life. It led her uh, to become a teacher, obviously to become a, a world-class artist, but also to become a human being with whom, with whom we can all identify. If you open this book to Jewel's chapter, I, I promise, I, almost, I, I, I like to give money-back guarantees on this book. Not because I wrote it. I didn't write it. All I did was edit it. But I, I've, I've, I'm dying for someone to write me or call me and say, you know, I didn't like that book. Uh, People open up to Jules' chapter, and they. some people have done a book club on just that one chapter, just yeah. the two pages. So I know some people think, you know, let's, let's have something I could read with my kids at dinner. Uh, there's, there's, there's sections in here on that. Uh, uh, there's, there's so much uh, generosity of spirit in the book reaching out across all these divisions to, to every one of us. It's kind of like having a, a new best friend uh, or a yeah. hundred new best friends, the book <laughs> is. Uh, so it's real work. You know, you, like you say, it, this is the time right now to gut check, I hope, and to pivot. I know, you know, as I've said, the First Lady is doing so much to try to invite the state to a kind of a new, a more unified yeah. vision of what we can be, uh, what you can all be here in this state. Of, in some ways, I wish I were a Utah. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. <laughs> we'll save you a seat, though. But I'll tell you, you know, a lot of people la- laugh at me and say, well, my God, you come from a Democratic family. My family's Democratic politics. You're a progressive in politics. You know, how is it that you're spending the time in Utah? And I was like, wait a minute. I, I that's not. I'm not about that. Yeah. I, I'm about trying to find ways to be uh, an American citizen, That's right. a citizen of the planet. I mean, look, <laughs> it's just, the, the world, the earth is too small for us to spend the rest of our time dividing up the uh, pie. We've got to think more in, in, in terms of abundance, and yeah. I'm, I'm just grateful to be here. Yeah, fantastic. And the, the book, I would say even more than a book, it's a convening. Uh, you convened around the dinner table. Uh, and this is something you can, there's so many of these chapters you could read in a single sitting. You could read with your, your teenagers, your young kids. Uh, it'll spark a, a thousand conversations that are absolutely vital. Uh, you're going to have a critical conversation uh, coming up uh, on Wednesday, May 5th, 7-15, down at uh, Utah Valley University uh, with former Governor Gary Herbert and his institute down there. Uh, tell us a little bit about the focus of that convening and that conversation. Well, he, you know, the governor wants to think about how his institute, his legacy, can be in part in service to the issue of a different type of politics. Yeah. Uh, and I know you've talked about this on your show over and over again, but you know we can't have a politics that simply thrives on hatred of the other party. We have to have a politics that thrives on uh, the spirit of us. So I'm going to give a little talk down there. The governor's taking a chance letting uh, <laughs> letting a, a blue dog like me in, in the room. But uh, I'm not coming there to talk about partisanship. I'm I'm there to to applaud his effort and to suggest, you know, we need a whole new. Uh, commitment to news that brings us together, right? Yeah. This is something you've built your career on. There's news that makes us outraged. And then there's equally powerful, compelling stories of people who are transcending differences to do heroic things in service to unity. How about a unity news beat? How about, you know, we got the religion beat, we got the crime beat, we got the state house beat, we got the firehouse beat. What about a unity news beat? What about reporters all over the state of Utah? 
So I'm going to challenge uh, or invite, I shouldn't say challenge, invite <laughs> the governor and, and, and the folks at Utah Valley State to, to think with us uh, about what we can do, where we can put our heart and soul into concrete work uh, to heal our country. Yeah, it's so important and such a, a crucial conversation. And it is. It's easy to skim across the headlines and get real discouraged and depressed. But there are good people everywhere. Again, uh, across the political spectrum, we, we can't lose the perspective uh, because we may have some really loud, angry voices on the far right and the far left and a few other places in between. Uh, but there is so much that unites us as a country. Uh, so many principles and so many opportunities to come together. And again, this is this is what we're like. If you're feeling like you got something missing in your life, there's a pretty good chance what you're missing is a connection, that communion, that connection uh, that helps us elevate everybody. I think you know uh, a friend of mine called me and said you know he'd bought four books and he'd given them to four people who he had lost touch with because mm. of the divisiveness in the country. Yeah, he said I didn't write uh, a long letter. I just sent them the book because it was my way of saying, look, we don't agree on whether it was politics. He didn't get into the details, but these are friendships that he had ended. Mm. And this was just his way of cracking the door open and saying, here, here's a book. Uh, Maybe it can help us find some new sense of common shared purpose. We're not all going to agree on everything. No, no, no. Some people say, well, how could you talk to those people? (laughs) They are so contemptible. They lie. They cheat. They steal. Whatever. You know, we're not going to all agree. Yeah. But we can recover, to some extent, the capacity to treat each other with dignity. Yeah. And in that simple principle, we have found, our little group has found, uh, a goldmine of transformational power just— the idea that everybody is born with dignity, everybody deserves to have their dignity respected, and everybody deserves to have someone else see their dignity. Just that can unlock a good deal of transformational energy, I think. Yeah, fantastic. Again, this is uh, this doesn't happen often. This is a triple dog dare. The call <laughs> is the call to unite. Uh, Tim Shriver, we appreciate you being here in the state. I'm daring everybody. Everybody <laughs> buys a book. You don't like it. You know, Amazon. It's like Amazon. Money back guarantee. But send it to me. I'll give you your money back. I Uh, promise you, you'll love it. Fantastic. He's going to join First Lady Abby Cox on her podcast. I'll also join former Governor Gary Herbert at UVU tomorrow at 7.15. Doing some good things. Thanks for engaging in an elevated conversation today. Tim Shriver, we're going to step aside for Bottom of the Hour News. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.